puppies. Thank God for showing mercy on me. Brought me home to the plains at the age of three. Occasionally, I stray from the nest, but I always come back to the best. LBK, love a T-E-X-A-S. Hey, what's good, LBK? This is Rob and Cam coming to y'all live. Uh, well, it ain't really live, but we coming to y'all with the next episode of the Southwest Digest podcast. I'm live. No. <laughs> you stay live. Yeah. Huh? Well, in that case, I stay live too, man. Shoot, it is live. Whether it's live or Memorex, you can't tell. Hmm. But uh, we just want to say, uh, before we get started, I want to say peace to all my folks in the East. And I would like to say all the best to those in the West. Uh-huh. And for the folks up North, I want to say, well, of course. And everybody down South. Hey, 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 hush your mouth. What I'm only talking about, love uh, Me too. Because that's, that's all, all we, we do. do. Uh, <laughs> I don't know, man. That still feels corny, <laughs> but it still feels cool. I don't know how that works. It is what it is, man. It's uh, what they call that, uh, the, the com- comedy relief. Yeah, comedic yeah. relief, yeah, comedy you relief. Know, yeah, we saw light, lighthearted and, and, and fun, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. off the top, man, smile with us. Yeah. You know? When you come in smiling, come right. in smiling, man. Right. Yeah. What they say if as soon as you get somebody laughing, you got them. Yeah. If you get somebody saying, "Yeah, you got them." Yeah. Yeah. You got me. Mm-hmm. No, I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> man, we gonna kick it in and launch into our first segment with no further ado. Uh, we're gonna talk about what's going on. What's going on? That's what's I know exactly. On? You can't say that without thinking what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> hey, but what's going on? The first thing I would like to uh, actually. Highlight is the uh, Parkway Cherry Point uh, community, the Neighborhood Association, actually. They have their meeting. Their annual meetings are actually monthly, every third Tuesday, 7 p.m. And this month uh, will be September 19th. Hope to see you there. Uh, everybody in that in the Parkway neighborhood, Parkway Cherry Point neighborhood. Um, and actually, we'll get the information for the other neighborhood associations and uh get that information to everybody too so we can make sure it, all those had that mm-hmm. fair representation and then we can get everybody to come out. I mean, I don't know, do you have can you go to a different neighborhood neighborhoods neighborhood association meeting? Um I think we can cuz I'm just going to slide up in there and be cool about it, you know what I'm yeah. saying? I ain't, ain't going to come in there repping <laughs> yeah. no neighborhoods. I'm just yeah. going to come in there. I mean and because take notes. I I mean because out of out of support of just the entire community, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Some some type of where we need to have some type of place we need to have some solidarity mm-hmm. going on amongst mm-hmm. each other, you know what I mean? And yeah. Not saying that, I mean if, if you can make it, if, if we can be there, at least just show so what I live in Parkway, you live in Chapman Hill or yeah. whatever. That don't that's that doesn't separate us. You know right, what I mean? Right. Like, What's them dates again, bro? Uh this next month will be September nineteenth. Okay. And then after that, October seventeenth. Uh-huh. I'm just gonna lay it out. November twenty first and December nineteenth to finish to close the year out. Okay. So Word. Word. And you got then, anything else on your list over there? Yes, I do <clears throat> actually. And that this is goes to the Buddy Holly Hall. And uh on Thursday, October fifth through Sunday, October 15th, they're going to have the presentation of the Disney's Lion King. And I've heard some great things about that. Um, My wife's grandmother actually is anticipating. She really wants to go see that, so we're probably going to get the whole bunch together, man, and go Mm -hmm. check that out. And then also at that Buddy Holly Hall, which I think my mom will be on, is the Temptation and the Four Tops are coming on uh, Sunday, October 29th. Right, right. 
I'm kind of like, whoa, the whoa, temptation and the, the four tops, like what? in the same show. Yeah, might be showing my age a little bit, huh? I know. <laughs> yeah, we we young. I I just look old. I'm pretty young. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Don't let the gray and the beard fool you. Though. And then also the uh, the doors mm. will be there. Um, I, I guess it's showing the same date, October 29th. Mm. It's six thirty, man. Six p.m. Seven thirty p.m. Yeah, now see, that's a trip right there. You wouldn't necessarily think that the temps and the tops would be no. coming to LBK. What it is, I'm sorry, I, I misread that at the Helen Divit, yeah, Helen Divit, yeah, that's Jones. where the doors, that's where the doors are. Okay, okay, and I think I that you. might be at the Buddy Holly Hall. Might be, yeah. So anyway, I need to get more familiar with that. It's right. a new facility, man, and it's, right. it's amazing, man. So yeah. yes, it's. Right now, it's still kind of confusing to me. Right. I've only been in there once. I was doing some filming up there one time. And, man, I will tell you, that is a world-class facility. Mm-hmm. It uh, People, man, you want to see, this is what this would always get me. People are always talking about they have this conception of Lubbock as a cow town, as a country. As, and yeah. we is that. That's part of us. You know what I'm saying? We, yeah. we, we ain't shamed of what we are. But at the same time, we do have some world-class stuff. And mm-hmm. that Buddy Holly Hall is one of those things, man. You go in there, that theater is I mean, it is exquisite. Yeah. White leather seats and and kind of a pale wood, if I remember correctly. The orchestra, the Lubbock Symphony Orchestra gets down in there and they have a little bit of everybody on stage. For example, peep that segue right there. For example, they are going to have the Price is Right live stage show in Lubbock at the Helen DeVitt Jones Theater at the Buddy Holly Hall. That's going to be Friday, November 10th. At 7.30 p.m. Friday, November 10th at 7.30 p.m. The Price is Right is coming to the Buddy Holly Hall. Now, that right there, man. Do they air Do they air those? I don't know if they air it or not. But I want what I really want to know is can I win a car? A uh, new some, car. Hey, man. Or, uh, hey, man. Say, man. What they say to uh, some kitchen appliances. Nah, I always watch it. Like, my mom, man, she stay on The Price is Right. I like The Price is Right, too. Yeah. But, uh. The uh, when you can win the showcase and then uh, win the other person's showcase, yeah. And I was telling her it, what they won that la- that one time, mm-hmm. and I was like, Man, that's the type of stuff that you kind of want, but you're like, ah, I can't justify spending right x amount of dollars right. on that. But it's like, once yeah. they, you won that, it's like, Man, yeah, like I'm one of them super that. expensive mixers or something, or some, you know what yeah, I'm saying, some, or even like the, the virtual reality, right, right, setups, like, Man, that's something I'm, I'm on, like. Man, I want it, but I can't justify spending that just because of my frugal mind state. Mm-hmm. It's like two or three times tops, bro. Mm-hmm. And you know you're not going to mess with that. No. The kid's going to tear it up. Something's going to happen. Something you know? yeah. yeah, so it's like, ah, yeah. probably not yet. Well, I tell you what, if you got something on your list like that, that uh, I don't know. It, I guess you, I don't know if you're going to go watch the the. The price is right, or can you go beyond the price is right? This is what I'm not clear about, but I do know Man, the price they is right. Not is come down here, and you can't get down off in there and get down with them. Then. Right? Because I want them to say, "Come down. on down." Yeah, you are the next contestant. Yeah, don't call me because I'm. <laughs> I might try to make it to that for real. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey, uh, next on my list, man. Um, and y'all know, and if you don't know, I'm gonna tell you now. Me and my bro, man, we get down with that Second Amendment. We uh we enjoy that thoroughly. Um, and so they got the Lubbock 
Gun and Blade show is coming and that's going to be October 14th and October 15th, 2023. And of course, it's at the Civic Center. Everybody know where the Civic Center is. I'm, I'm going to say it. 1501 Mac Davis Lane. But y'all know where it's at. Mac Davis. Yeah. And the admission is going to be eight dollars for adults. Um, you got uh dollar off active military or NRA, NRA with the ID card. And uh, you can only use one special discount at a time. And if you want to go both days, it's $14 for a two-day pass. And it's cash-only admission. So cash-only admission. You got to bring that effectivo. You know what I'm saying? So they stand off the grid with it. Right, right. Exactly. Uh, man, I will most likely be at the gun show. Uh, I don't know if they allow you to film up in there and stuff like that. So I, I don't know if we'll be able to make an out-and-about segment about it. But Maybe outside? Outside yeah. of it? like. Once yeah. you come out, you know, not yeah. not like inside the right, right. But like once you come out, like the, going to the parking lot part, I don't think it should be a problem with that. No, it shouldn't be because I'm pretty sure they don't want you to film in there. But mm -hmm. that's okay. We'll do a little something, something. We'll do what we can. Uh, I do plan to be there again. That's the Lubbock Gun and Blade Show. It's going to be October fifteenth and October uh, October fourteenth and October fifteenth, twenty twenty three. Uh, get out there, man, and flex them Second Amendment muscles. Yes. And if you have never been to a gun show, I will say don't be nervous about going. I've been to dozens and hundreds of them, and I have never actually had a bad experience at a gun show. You're going to be a little outnumbered being black when you go up in there. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be a sea of white faces. But, hey, we we all live in the same community, man. You so got to get the only that. color that matters in there is green. Yeah, that's is <laughs> green exactly, and maybe camouflage. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's why I say I've I've never had, you know, even mm -hmm. from when you do the uh, buy from private vendors. Mm -hmm. As long as you had the cash, right? Don't don't nobody want don't nobody look at your color. They looking at your money. That's what I'm saying. As long as right. you had the cash and you can pass that that uh yeah that check yeah. That background thing or whatever. Yeah, they yeah, and that's uh, you didn't see, you didn't got me started. Now you said pass that background check. I just throw this out there too. Some people think it's such thing as a gun show loophole, like you can just go to the gun show and buy uh, a team automatic weapons and a ten uh, military uh, thunderbolt uh, air tank buster aircraft and stinger missiles. No, you, that that's a misconception. When you go to the gun show. If you buying from an actual dealer at the gun show, they're going to run you. You get in a background check. Yeah. <laughs> and the only time you don't get a background check is, is if you're problem? buying from a person, mm -hmm. just a guy. Like if I go up in there and want to sell a gun, I can sell you a gun. But guess what? That's not a loophole because you could always do that. You can do that at, at your house. Mm -hmm. You can meet somebody in a parking lot somewhere and sell them a gun. I wouldn't probably do that. I would not. Yeah, that would probably be a no go. But anyway, check that gun show out, y'all. Um, yeah, and I think um, another thing that I want to kind of get on to, and this will segue uh, into our next segment, the Garden and Arts Center has a ton of stuff going on. And they, as far as I can tell, they put on uh, some quality classes and shows and stuff like mm -hmm. that. So um, I'm going to tell you all about what we did out and about. But before I do that, I just want to highlight what's going on at the Lubbock Garden and Arts Center. Um, they got a ceramics class coming up and that's basically throwing clay, spinning clay on the wheel and stuff like that. Like, uh, the movie ghost. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know, man. No, ghost, man. ghost bet not be sitting behind me making me, <laughs> uh, Patrick Swayze. He can, mm -hmm. he can stay where he at as far as I'm concerned. You know what I'm saying? This class is going to be, um, 
uh class alternates between monday and wednesday 6 to 9 p.m now it's a pretty pretty good little fee on that it's 80 dollars a month but it's it's well worth it they also have wheel throwing which is you know spinning clay on the wheel they have something called soul collage mm. that sound dope huh mm-hmm. And it says, uh, soul collage is women who run with scissors. Using found images, imagination, and intuition, you'll begin to create your own personal deck of collaged cards. Oh, that sounds dope. I, is it just for women? Because I'll be making why, collages. And, and why are they running with scissors? That, that's not safe. That is totally unsafe. It's not safe. We need to, <laughs> no, I'm joking. <laughs> when we go out there, we need to talk to them. Say, yeah. Man, um, this, that's not something we should yeah, be advertising. That was the Scissor Safety Committee. Right, and right. We have reports of. Do y'all women. have insurance? Cause yeah, I'm, we have reports of women running, running with scissors. In there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that right there, that soul collage, women who run with scissors. I, I don't think, I don't know what that, is that the group? It's taught by Deborah Milosevic. She's going to be there on September 16th and November 4th, and it runs from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. So look at that. I mean, that's what I'm talking about. It's an all-day class. Mm-hmm. It's $50, and returning students are only $25. Age is 19 and up, though. Okay. They got a wood-turning class up there. My son, Nate, when we was up there uh, yesterday, and I ain't going to get too deep into it because that's in the next section, but we was up there yesterday, and young Mr. Nugent saw uh, some cats in there doing wood-turning on the lathe, and they mm-hmm. had made... Um, uh, spinning tops and all kind of cool little stuff and we mm-hmm. was in there playing with it so man get out to that garden art center don't be saying it ain't nothing to do in lubbock it's plenty to do get on out there and enjoy it man mm-hmm. but anyway that's uh some of the things that's coming up things uh what's going on with that we're gonna segue into our next segment which of course is out and about All right, y'all. So as I mentioned uh, before, we're going to talk about in our out and about segment. The thing we want to talk about today is uh, we're going to stay on that theme of the Garden and Arts Center. And the reason we're going to get back on that, because they just had the fall festival. Uh, The fall festival is, first of all, I love fall, man. That's fall is my season. You know what I'm saying? My birthday is in November. I feel like fall on the inside all the time. Halloween is really my favorite holiday. (laughs) Like I know it's, I know it's pagan and all that, but I'd be feeling that, that, that dark energy and that, um, that the thinness of the veil between the worlds and stuff like that. I'd be, Mm -hmm. man, I, that I rock with that, that whole concept, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And so we was at the garden and art center this weekend at the fall festival. Unfortunately, it wasn't fall like weather. I was sweating and burning up. I mean, I was burning burning up. up. (laughs) We had been uh, filming earlier that day. Mm -hmm. So soon as we got through filming, uh, some of our guests, upcoming guests, for the uh for the podcast here i was like all right we're gonna run over to this garden arts center check this fall festival out but it was cool man they had first of all a ton of vendors everybody man it was something for everybody there if you whatever you like cooking candles pottery cups caps paraphernalia sports team paraphernalia i mean everything was there and it was the best thing about it is they make that stuff by hand everybody there was from lubbock or the surrounding areas and they made all that stuff by hand and if you look at uh, uh some of these uh photos that we're about to show you in some of these videos man you'll see we bought some some nice cups from this cat uh he lives up in dickinson texas i think um uh, there's handmade candles 
um, just everything, man. Just go. Okay, so you didn't missed it this time if you didn't make it yeah. out. <laughs> but it's going to happen next year. It's an annual event at Garden and Arts Center. And y'all can check this out right here. Garden and Arts Center is, man, I'd say it's a top-notch facility. I don't got nothing bad to say about them. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So that right there is out and about. Next time you out and about and the Garden and Arts Center got something going on, please check them out. And for our next segment, uh, Words from the Elders, we have a continuation of our conversation we had with Mr. Brady Baldwin. Yeah, Brady Baldwin, man, he is a, well, he's a font of knowledge. <laughs> How many times do you get to say that in a day? He's yeah. a font of knowledge. <laughs> and and the reason I say that, man, so we talked with him, uh, that same conversation that we had, it was, it was over an hour and 15 minutes long or mm-hmm. so. But we broke it into segments. And in this section, he, so he was a deacon at Lions Chapel mm-hmm. over uh, it's over there on 20 I think it's on East 26 right at the top of the hill mm-hmm. on uh on uh when you once you pass the lake uh, MLK, over there. yeah yeah on MLK mm-hmm. so he's a, he's been a deacon over there for, probably for decades and he has been there so long that he actually helped build the church and help procure the land and stuff and I asked him I said well did you know Dr. Lyons and come to find out he knew Dr. Lyons, and he knew Dr. Chapman. Mm-hmm. And for all y'all don't know, Chapman Hill is another neighborhood over on in East Lubbock. And um, it's over there by by what we know as Dunbar. Well, I know it as Dunbar. I guess it's a prep cat. No, it's what is it now? It's like a alternative school or something like that now. Mm-hmm. But that neighborhood back over the bridge over there, Chapman Hill, he knew both of those guys. He knew Dr. Lyons and Dr. Chapman. So check this video out. Now, said that y'all bought the land for Lyons. Uh, Chapel. Lyons Chapel. Across in front of that. Did you know uh, Mr. Lyons? Mr. Who? Lyons. Was yeah. he a dentist? Well, yeah. She, he was my dentist. What was his name? His whole name? Uh, oh. I can't remember his name. I'll look it up. I forget her. I forget her name. They're very nice people. I mean, her, he was the dentist and she was the nurse, you know, when they, so. Uh, About what year was that? Ooh, what was that? Well, that was back, had to be back in the late 20s. And then, uh, I tried to stick with the, Black dentists, black preachers, black preachers, and also the doctors, black doctors. So when a doctor's a Damon Hill, was my family doctor. And well, did you know Dr. Chapman back in those days? Yes, sir. Oh. Dr. Chapman operated on me. But uh, when I was, uh, I guess I was like in the late 20s, and uh, uh, St. Mary's, I think, was a hospital downtown. So they didn't take black people, so you couldn't stay there. You just operate on you, and they send you to Dr. Chapman. Hospital right up on the hill. Right? 
So that's where I recuperate from there. So at, at that other hospital, at the White Hospital, they would operate on you, but you just couldn't stay there. Oh, you couldn't stay in the room. They moved it to the, and the nurse, they had nurses at Chandler Hospital. That was a, that's interesting because I had a question about that. I, I did a I did a video on Dr. Chapman. Yeah. And I remember in the books were saying they yeah. admit black people, but I guess I was wondering why, what happened if he was black and you got sick. So you could go to the hospital, you just couldn't stay. Yeah, they wait on you, but you know they didn't stay. But they wouldn't put you in a room or nothing like that. They'll send you to Dr. Chapman. Because he had a big horse tail for the meal. I guess you, you saw that. And so that's what I recuperated. What do you uh, remember about Dr. Chapman? What kind of person was he? He was a nice person, really nice. And he had, I think he had two sons, but uh, he was really nice. Though it may be hard to believe today, there was a time in Lubbock when hospitals did not treat black patients or allow black doctors to treat patients of any color. Dr. Joseph Alvin Chapman played a huge role in correcting this sad and unjust state of affairs. A native Texan, Chapman graduated from Meharry Medical College in Nashville, Tennessee in 1926. In college, he couldn't afford textbooks, so he would borrow his classmates' books when they went out courting young lady friends. That same determination and flexibility would serve Dr. Chapman well during his career in Lubbock. He moved here in 1939 with $7 in his pocket, only to find that he was denied medical privileges at all city hospitals. So Dr. Chapman built his own hospital at East 23rd Street and Cedar Avenue. He and his two young sons actually hand-poured the concrete blocks used during the construction of the building, which featured 16 patient beds, treatment rooms, and a labor and delivery facility. Most importantly, it also contained two operating rooms where white surgeons were able to operate on black patients from throughout the region. Dr. Chapman also opened a nursing school and a nurse's dormitory, which still stands on Date Avenue near the hospital. Dr. Chapman was active in many social and political organizations and was a contributor to all of the black churches in town. Texas governors appointed Dr. Chapman to the boards of several prestigious national, state, and educational institutions, and he was elected president of the Lone Star State Medical Society, an organization of black healthcare professionals. In 1967, the Lubbock City Council dedicated a park in his name to honor his many accomplishments. And amazingly, the hand-poured blocks of his original hospital survived the ravages of time and fire. The Community Health Clinic of Lubbock now operates the facilities he built and continues Dr. Chapman's mission of providing quality medical care to those in need. See what I'm talking about, man? Okay, what was your first reactions? To that video right there. Man, one thing was the fact that uh, Dr. Chapman and his two sons actually built the clinic that they used, that he used from from hand, all, all three of them. And the, the, 
the craftsmanship of it lasted from then till now. Like I know recently they refurbished, mm -hmm. you know, the the uh, the clinic, mm -hmm. but it's the same, the exact same thing. When you see the overlays of those pictures, that's the exact same thing. Just to know the craftsmanship that that man and his son had back then, like that's amazing to me man mm -hmm. that from hand we just sat there we built this mm -hmm. and, and it can stand the test of time mm -hmm. to actually still be here for other generations to like now right i can bring it up and, and speak on that and right i think i, I just want to touch on that personally that is amazing mm -hmm. and um uh if you look down when we break this out this is going to be a you know how we do it's going to be a separate little article so if you look down below uh this podcast this video for this podcast i may include the video that we made about uh, Dr. Chapman, how he built his hospital and everything. Because see, what happened was back in the day, I, I was I was confused. I was like, they wouldn't treat black people mm -hmm. at hospitals back in the day. No, that's that's incorrect. They would treat a black person at a hospital. You just couldn't stay there. Right. So that, first of all, that's mind boggling. Like, what if you were in a car accident or something, or you, if you were out on the farm and got your arm mangled they'll, in an accident? They'll stabilize you, which you're going to have to find somewhere to go. Wow, that is, honestly, that's just shameful. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? But the thing that's, I don't dwell on the shame of it. I dwell to me, when you look at these words from your elders, what's the, the important part to me is the fact of how they overcame. The resilience. The resilience. resilience. Yes. Like, so what? Okay, y'all did that. Check this out. With my bare hands and my two sons. I make my own hospital. Right. I, mean, I ain't worried about <laughs> right. doing nothing. Where exactly. You yeah. Exactly. That's what I get from the story. Mm -hmm. So we know it was the racial situation back in them days was was fraught with all kind of unfairness and discrimination. We know that. Mm -hmm. Everybody already you already know that. Don't you know that? Mm -hmm. If you don't, you should. You you should know yeah. that. What you didn't know, or what's of value to really know. Is that like you said, man, he didn't sit around and cry and put his head in his hands. Oh, Lord, we came. Oh, woe is me. He said, ah, oh, well, people need to be able to stay in a medical setting after surgery. So we don't have a hospital like that. Mm -hmm. He created a FUBU hospital. For us by us. <laughs> yeah. In case y'all don't know. FUBU. <laughs> Remember that? Mm -hmm. Remember them clothes? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and cross colors? <laughs> mm -hmm. It was live, bro. It was yeah. live. Yeah. It was. But yeah, that's what we taken. That's what I take from this, man. OK, they don't they don't let you stay at the hospital when you get hurt. Fine. I'll be in my own hospital. How about that? Mm -hmm. What do you say? Catch me outside. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> I got a hospital outside. How about that? Yeah. Come stay and, over there. And again, like I say, man, reiterating on that, he built it from the, from the ground up with his bare hands, with his two sons, man. Like, is that's not as grassroots and. Just having that drive, mm -hmm. man, bro. Like a whole hospital, yeah, and from scratch, a nurse's dormitory That's had nurses there. On, and man. when you got operated on downtown at the hospitals, and they kicked you out and you couldn't stay, they just send you right over to Doctor Chapman's hospital where you could recuperate and get further treatment afterwards. And he also founded, I believe, he founded the Texas State Medical Association or mm -hmm. something like that. Don't quote me on that acronym on that name but basically it was a regional medical association for black doctors in the whole mm -hmm. south plains region you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. that's major that's <laughs> yeah next time you over in chapman hill check it out and you see that hospital over there now you know some of the history behind it. and now I, I now you see why we have a segment called words from the elders because there's so much rich history going on that's 
right in our face. Like even where the the original building for the Southwest Digest is located. Mm-hmm. Like, man, I passed by that so many times, so many times, and seen it, and and just never really realized. Stopped to just soak in mm-hmm. the importance of it. The magnitude that it had with the community, mm-hmm. the the stigma behind it, like just everything, man. It's just like it's 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 just crazy to know a certain part of your life you're not even privy to certain things mm-hmm. because you're moving so fast. And yeah, yeah, I heard this and I heard that, but then it's like once you slow down and stop, man, and actually smell the flowers and just look around. It's like man, there's so much rich history right here on this land that we standing on, man. That a lot of people aren't in tune with, but mm-hmm. well, the Southwest Digest is that podcast gonna bring it back, baby. Yeah, <laughs> we, gonna, yeah we gonna open your eyes and, and, and your brain up to a lot of things like that, man. So, mm-hmm. I agree. And that right there, folks, is the this week's segment: words from the elders. So, next time, man, please stay tuned because we're gonna keep these coming. Yes. Words from the elders are infinite. You know what I'm saying? Just like the information and knowledge, wisdom, understanding you get from them. Mm -hmm. Right. Now that you know how I feel about you, don't let it go to your head, no. Don't let it go to your head, no. Now, so we're going to uh, go ahead and fade into our, our next segment, which is what you bumping, Cam? What you bumping? What you bumping? Man, actually, what I'm listening to right now, man, is uh, it's a song, 1978, mm-hmm. uh, Gene Corn. It's called uh, Don't Let It Go To Your Head. <laughs> man, I love that bass line. Doom, doom, doom. Yeah. Doom, doom, doom. Yeah. yeah. And, man, uh, that's a happy song, dude. Yeah. It feel good, don't yeah. it? Yeah. It's a, it's a cool, it's not really a... Uh, yeah, it's a. I guess you would say happy. It's a feel good. It's a. It's more like a groove me cruising type. You know what I'm saying? Solo in the car type. Just not really anywhere in particular that you hit it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Might just riding around whatever. But uh, that baseline man and those chords on there is what really get me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I like. I just like the feel of it. Yeah, mm-hmm. that is a dope joint. Mm-hmm. And to show you why I love hip hop so much. Um, Brand Nubian, off the top of my head, Brand Nubian sampled that song mm-hmm. uh, probably back in, oh, I, I bet you that was 90. It, oh, it's, don't, don't start me to thinking about mm. old years. Yeah. Uh, oh, <laughs> they starting to get blurry, man. I ain't going to lie. <laughs> but uh, that song that they did, they sampled the bass line and the chords off of that and the chorus, like, don't mm-hmm. let it go to yeah, your yeah, head Yeah, I remember now. this song. Mm-hmm. And they, they did one called Don't Let It Go to Your Head. And in their song, they're at, they they run through various scenarios like uh, relationships and you know being a rapper and getting famous mm-hmm. and don't let that go to your head and all that. And they did an excellent job covering that song. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. They, they kind of sampled it in a, what I would say is an elementary way which is like Puff Daddy sampling where he he getting there and sample like every breath you take, he going to sample the, the the most recognizable part. Mm-hmm. Like, doom, 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 well, 
okay, but you you can't get mad at him because that's a dope bass line, and mm-hmm. you can't get mad at Brand Nubian because that song "Don't Let It Go to Your Head" got so many dope parts that it it almost makes you just want to sample the whole thing. Mm-hmm. But sampling is like you know it's kind of controversial, I guess. It used to be controversial. I don't mm-hmm. think it is anymore. Um, as long as you letting people know, hey, this is where it came from, and that person is getting some money. They getting a little. I don't know how how they determine how much you get, but as long as that person is getting paid, I don't. I think it's. Uh, uh, I'm not sure either, but I think it should go by the the amount that you sample. Mm. <clears throat> because if you, I mean, if you just sample like a something minute, mm-hmm. and it's there, and it, yeah, it did come from your material. I do still feel you should be compensated, yeah. but not as much as like as you say, if. That whole bass line. Yeah. You sample a four-bar loop by the song, Come man. Come on, man. Yeah, you got to pay them people, man. <laughs> you, gonna, you, gonna, you ain't going to make no money on that song. I don't even know why you would sample four bars. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I would need I would need at least 50% of at all least, sales. And I'm that. just saying, at least the production credit. Yeah. 50% of the production credit. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Some some type of way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But however they work that out, you know, mm-hmm. I, I do feel as long as it's compensation and recognition given, man, let them people sample their music, man. That's a, mm-hmm. The highest form of flattery is... is uh. Like imitation. imitation you know what i mean mm-hmm. so by somebody using your using your material it has to be good to them mm-hmm. you know what i mean so at least take that as a compliment you know what i mean but at the same time pay me right <laughs> right <laughs> dude this is a capitalist society and i'm down with capitalism you mm-hmm. know what i'm saying you if you have skills and talents man you deserve to make a be able to make a living off those now mm-hmm. you i say you deserve to be able to make a living off them that that don't mean you automatically going to get what you think you should get yeah but you should have the opportunity to make yeah. a living off of it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And you know what? Another thing I like to think about sometimes uh, when it comes down to sampling is uh, when I was, uh, you know, in high school and college, I was, you know, studying black history and all that stuff and African culture. You know, you got to be, you know, in tune with your ancestors and stuff. And that's what apparently in African culture, there is a thing called ancestral reverence. Mm-hmm. And. The way I understand it, so I think people misunderstand that and think that ancestral reverence is worshiping the dead but i don't think it's my understanding is it's not worshiping the dead it's honoring your ancestors wisdom and accomplishments by thinking of them and using them as a guide so to speak to what's going on today and how to navigate today you Mm -hmm. know what i'm saying and if there's anybody out there i know you know we got texas tech down the road they probably got all kind of scholars over there listening to this be like oh that is not what ancestor right well come on down right if you know what it is come and, on the show and lace us up yes ma'am or sir yes come indeed through. indeed <laughs> and that's tell swdcast at gmail.com hit us up or just go down to the comments section on substack and hit us up if you if this is your specialty yeah, man we would love to, we'd love to have you yes but my understanding of it is like i say you just using your ancestors as a as a guide you think of them often. Mm-hmm. You give them a lot of respect. and uh, Because, like, for example, with Dr. Chapman, if you're facing some kind of obstacle today, do you put your head in your hands and cry about it? Or do you think of Dr. Chapman and say, huh, I build my own then. You know what I'm saying? And they call that making a way out of no way. Right. Yeah. Right. Trying to make a dollar out of 15 cents. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> trying to trying to make a hospital out of uh, blocks of clay. That had a couple of cinder blocks. And, yeah. That you had to pour yourself. Yeah. Man. But uh, yeah, that's what I feel like in, in hip hop when people sample. I feel like it's a way of honoring your ancestors because you or your forebears in that in music. You know what I'm saying? Because you ain't going to sample something that's whack. 
No way. You mm-hmm. don't sample things you don't like. Mm-hmm. If something is whack, you, you're going to be like, Ew. you would not dare put it on your record. It's whack. Why would you have it? Why would you want it? <laughs> so when you sample something, you saying, this is exquisite. This is dope. I think I'm going to use a little bit of that. Yeah, that I want to duplicate it with my own and, and add my two cents to it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Type. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, like I said, uh, some people do steal songs and steal intellectual property, though. So that's why I say I do believe people need to be fairly compensated mm-hmm. and recognized for their work, mm-hmm. no matter how great or small it may seem. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I agree. I agree. And once that's done, it's wide open to me. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, one of the ways that I like to kind of sample, man, I'm not, when I make music, I don't really sample too much. I'm not a sampler. I don't, there's an art form to sampling. Mm-hmm. It's, it is. And like I said, it's easy to go out and just, you know, you got the police every breath you take. As soon as you start playing the bass, cut right there. And then at the end, cut right there and, and loop it. Okay. That's elementary sampling. Mm-hmm. That's, matter of fact, you don't even, I think that person should, should get most of that album off that money, off that song. You know what Me I'm too. saying? Yeah. But, you have other people like um, Chuck Chuck D, Public Enemy. They production team was the Bomb Squad. Mm-hmm. And I think it's Eric Vietnam Sadler and another cat whose I, name. Yeah. It might have been his brother, I think, too. Yeah. I think they were brothers. Okay. They might have been related. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. But um, the way they used to sample, if you listen to Public Enemy's uh, music, they had sound collages. And it was like they wouldn't take bars worth of material. They would take. The, the kick drum out of this song. Or a snare, yeah. That's and the snare saying. drum out of that song. And a bell shaking, ding, 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 out of some other song. And then play it in a totally different way that you don't even recognize where those elements come from. Mm-hmm. And then they'll take a bass line and chop it up. And for those that don't know, when you're doing mute, and I know Goat, mm-hmm. I mean, I say Goat, Cam, <laughs> Cam know all about this. When you chop up a sample, you spread that across your keyboard or across your drum pads and you you play those notes in a different order. For example, I did a song back in the days where I took uh, Miles Davis is one of my favorite cats. I took some horn uh, uh, trumpet sample that he did and chopped it on the notes. And then you play those notes like an instrument. So the, the, the trumpet part that I got out of that didn't sound nothing like what he played, mm-hmm. but it was Miles Davis's expertise on the trumpet. Mm-hmm. See what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. To me, that's the way you sample. That's the the creative way to sample. You just know you got a dope sounding horn part. You don't know where it came from. Mm-hmm. Nobody. Miles Davis might not even know mm-hmm. that that's his horn. But it is. It's his expertise. It's his sound. And you just applied it with your, you put your stank on it, mm-hmm. as they say. Yeah. I'm, I, I think that's the way you're supposed to sample. Yeah. But I suck at sampling, so I usually don't. Yeah. <laughs> like a, it is an art form to it mm-hmm. have do you do you sample a little bit or um i've dabbled with it a little bit and um i'm not against it you know what i mean but for the for the integrity of the music mm-hmm. um i try not to do too much like you say the elementary part of it where it's it, but then some some stuff is circa is a. Uh, it, it depends on the moment, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because sometimes, like you say, you do want to capture that whole essence of that song. Mm-hmm. So when the next person hears it, they already know. Like, oh, that's that Juicy Fruit. Yeah, yeah but it's, I kind of freaked it a little bit, though. Yeah. You hear how? And then, then a lot of people that I ran into, they respect that. When they know where it came from and they can hear what it is, but then they can hear how you put your spin on it. Mm-hmm. And, I've, and I've even had people, other producers that I've gotten music from, do that. 
You know what I mean? So I, I kind of like that to hear, you know what it is, but uh, you put that, yeah, I like how you did that, man. How you, yeah, the drums are hitting a little different, that bass line that you put in there like that. You know what I mean? And like you say, they might put a whole different clap, snare, whatever on top of it or however, but yeah, I've seen that and um, I, I do it a little bit. Oh, uh, It's a, a beat that I did sample one time. It was It's elementary sample, but I kind of, the way I did it, like when I would play it for people, they didn't know where it came from. Mm. And all it is, it's kind of like the same beat, just chopped up here mm. and there, and then slowed a little bit. Mm -hmm. And then mm -hmm. I put, just changed the drum. I put my own drums on the top of it, you know what I mean? Yeah, but, yeah. You know what, uh, that reminds me, one time, one of the things that I did uh, sample one time that actually worked, because usually I just, like I said, I'm not, a, I'm not great at sampling. I don't have the ear or something I don't have. I, mm -hmm. Maybe it's because I don't do it enough. But one time I sampled a Johnny Cash song. You know that song, um, Sooner or Later, God will Cut You Down. Mm. Doom, doom, doom. You remember that? I don't. Oh, man. I gotta, <laughs> you don't remember that? <laughs> I do remember some Johnny Cash, but I don't yeah. remember that one. So this is one of his, uh, I, don't, I got it off a newer album. I think it was the one with Hurt on it. And mm. uh, Anyway, it was like, Sooner or Later, God will Cut You Down. And it was like the drums in the song, the, the rhythm element was actually stomping the ground and clapping your, clapping your hands. So it was mm. people stomping like, clap, clap. Oh, that's clap. like the what you call it. Like Queen, we will, we, we, yeah, same mm -hmm. concept, but this was a not as aggressive. It was more of a laid back sound, you mm. know, not as in your face. Anyway, I sampled that song, man, and um, hooked it up into a song. Um, I forget what that song is called. I'm gonna dig it out for y'all one of these days, <laughs> and we might do it on Puppets and Prophets. Mm. But uh, I sampled that and chopped it up, and the way I kind of disguise it in the song again, I don't think Johnny Cash would listen really? to it and be like. <laughs> Well, that's a pretty good song there, fella. And I'd be like, well, that's your song, Mr. Cash. You know what I'm saying? He was like, my song? Well, like, trust me. That's you. You can't tell, but it's you. I think that's the way you're supposed to sample it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, you got any further thoughts on it? Uh, no. I think we kind of touched, touched everything fair. Yeah. But I don't know. We sitting there talking about sampling. It made me want to make some music. You know what I'm saying? But instead of making music, what we going to do is go down the rabbit hole. I got to do it, bro. What? <laughs> nah, I'll tell you. <laughs> Thank God for showing mercy on me. Brought me home to the plains at the age of three. Occasionally, I stray from the nest, but I always come back to the best. LBK, love a T-E-X-A-S.